Welcome to Sightseeing Japan, the podcast where we explore the land of the rising sun. I'm Paul Bresson. And I'm Jason Neeling. And today our topic is airports in Japan. So Paul, why are we doing an episode about the airports in Japan? Because arriving at the airport is going to be your first experience in Japan. And we just want to make sure that you know what to expect and everything goes smoothly and you're ready and able to plan your first day to the fullest. That makes sense. Not to say that the airports in Japan are really complicated or anything. For the most part, they're very similar to any other airport you've probably been to before. Yeah, they're high quality international airports. Yeah. But we're going to go into kind of some of the history of the airports. We're going to talk about some of the cool things that make these airports unique, things that you won't find in other countries. So, uh, should we just dive into it? Let's do it. All right. So, if you're flying into Japan from the US or anywhere outside of Asia, basically, you're probably going to be flying into one of two airports that serve the Tokyo area. We got Narita Airport and Haneda Airport. Narita is located about an hour away from Tokyo, actually, by, by train. Haneda's quite a bit closer, right? Yes. Haneda's in Tokyo. Yeah, Just basically. on the southern edge. Yeah. It would be preferable to fly into Haneda, probably. A little easier to get to and from. Um, but there are other major airports in Japan. If you want to visit other regions, you just want to jump straight there without having to take any trains. If you're going to Osaka, which is near Kyoto and Nara, it's kind of a big destination for people on their first trip to Japan. Osa- that area is served by Kansai International Airport. Uh, Nagoya, which is kind of in between Osaka and Tokyo, that area is served by Chubu Centraire International Airport. Sapporo in Hokkaido, the northernmost main island of Japan, is served by Nuchitose Airport. Uh, the far south area of Japan, Okinawa, is served by Naha Airport, named after Naha, the capital of Okinawa. And in Kyushu, you have the Fukuoka Airport in Fukuoka. But Kyushu being oh, sorry. the southernmost of the main islands of Japan? Yeah, Kyushu's down there, kind of a little bit west and south of Hiroshima. That, okay. There's a lot of other cool stuff down there. Nagasaki is also nearby. But before we get into what the airports look like now, let's talk a bit about the history. So, Paul, tell us about where were they landing when they first had planes in Japan? Uh, back before Haneda Airport was built, the av- aviators in Japan were using some of the beaches of Tokyo Bay as landing strips and runways. Pretty cool. Yeah. And Haneda then opened in 1931, right? Yes, it did. And that's in the... You might wonder, why is it called Haneda? Well, it was called Haneda Airfield when it was opened in 1931. It was called that because it's in the Haneda district of Ota, Tokyo, Japan. And during World War II, which started not too long after the opening of Haneda Airfield, it was used almost entirely for military. Yes. Everything in Japan was heavily dedicated to the military at that point. Yeah, that would make sense. 
after World War II, it was handed over to the U.S. military. Yeah. Not by... Uh... <laughs> they were ordered to hand it over to the U.S. There military. It wasn't a gift. There you go. And what did General MacArthur do with the air base? He ordered many civilians, I think it was about 3,000 civilians out of their homes, and they had about 48 hours notice to vacate their homes because they were expanding runways and terminals. Yeah, kind of sad. And he renamed it Haneda Army Air Base. Just to make it clear, this is for the Army. Yep, and uh, the U.S. military gave back part of the airport to the Japanese government in 1952 and the rest in 1958. Yep. And when the U.S. gave back a part of the base, that part was then called Tokyo International Airport, which is actually the official name now of Haneda Airport. Yes, goes by both names. So like Paul mentioned, in 1958, the rest of the airport was returned to Japan. So then they had an international airport that they called Tokyo International Airport. What happened in the 60s? Uh, The airport got busy, and instead of expanding Haneda, the Japanese government decided it would be better to build a second airport serving Tokyo. Right. So in 1966, the plan for Narita was made public. But nobody came by and said, hey guys, are you cool with us building an airport here? I mean, we'll we'll buy the land from you and stuff. They had not been consulted. They They were surprised, and they were angry. Well, that's a bummer. Yeah, they, I mean, the people that lived there didn't even find out from the government. They found out over the news. Yes. Yeah, so they were angry. So some other people that were angry were uh, socialists. There was a big socialist movement in Japan at that time, and they opposed the airport because they thought that it was a ploy to promote capitalism and provide more facilities for the U.S. in case they went to war with the Soviet Union. So they basically teamed up with the people that lived there that were upset. Yes, the uh, socialist college students teamed up with the conservative farmers right. over their shared hatred of this new airport. Yeah, and they they formed a pretty serious resistance. They were very serious. Yeah. So in 1967, for example, three policemen were killed by activists. And there were, I mean, there was a lot of fighting. There were riots. There was arson. Buildings were burned down. A couple of employees of companies associated with the airport died in some of those fires. Mm -hmm. They built towers where the runways were supposed to be so they couldn't build them. Steel scaffolding type towers so that planes couldn't take off or land. Yeah, very tumultuous period. And Narita did not open until 1978, nine years after schedule and 12 years after the plans were made in 1966. Yeah, it took a while. And it was only one runway, one terminal. I think they originally planned five runways, Mm -hmm. and they're nowhere near that even today. Yeah. And what creative name did they give to the airport? It wasn't called Narita Airport. Uh, I don't recall. So, like we said earlier, Haneda was Tokyo International Airport, right? When Narita opened, they called it New Tokyo (laughs) International Airport. Not the most creative name, but it gets the message across, I suppose. They should have called it Neo Tokyo (laughs) International Airport. Yeah. So, uh, 1978, it opened, and 
New Tokyo International Airport, a.k.a. Narita Airport, took over most international service. Like, Haneda was meant to be a domestic airport from then on. Yeah, it was to free Haneda up to do domestic-only flights. Yeah. They still did some charter international flights, but for the most part, they did not do international from 1978 until 2010 mm-hmm. when they opened up a new international terminal at Haneda. Yep. So now both Haneda and Narita are serving international flights, right? Narita still does about 50% of all international passengers for Japan, but Haneda definitely does a good chunk now too. Yeah, and I think they're trying to move even more over to Haneda. The airlines seem to want to be at Haneda. Right. Not that Narita's bad or anything. Haneda's just got that sweet, sweet location. Yeah. But like you said, they still haven't had much success expanding Narita into the surrounding area. They're actually having more success uh, expanding Haneda. What they did was they filled part of Tokyo Bay with trash, basically, like a landfill, and then built a runway on top of it. Yeah. And they took what they learned from that whole Narita experience to build a lot of the other airports around Japan, actually. Yeah, a lot of them are reclaimed land out of bays and coastal areas because they learned it's way too much trouble to try to move people out of their homes to build an airport. Yeah. In 2004, uh, New Tokyo International Airport, that's when it was renamed to Narita International Airport, which is its current name. And it was also moved from government control to the Narita International Airport Corporation. So it used to be a government thing, and now it's private. Yep. Some interesting things. Haneda is the busiest airport in Japan. Over 85 million passengers a year pass through Haneda. It's a lot. Which makes it the fourth busiest airport in the world and the third busiest in Asia. And Narita does somewhere just over 40 million a year. Okay. So about half as, half as many, but it's mostly international. All right. So that covers the history, I think. I mean, we're not going to go into a ton of detail because that's not what this podcast is about. Yeah, but, it's a basic history of those two yeah. airports. Yeah, just something to keep in mind when you're there. Just think about the history of that place. Pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, and also, I mean, these days, there are still people resisting like expansion of Narita. Yeah, Narita's still not finished, and it's still not ever going to be finished. There's little pockets of land within the airport that are still owned by their private owners that refuse to sell. Yeah. And they still have signs up that say, like, down with Narita Airport. Yeah, Yeah, in Japanese and English. So you might see that sign flying in. Yeah. And uh, there's a Shinto shrine, I think, um, still on the ground somewhere. Yeah, there's there's a few things. They're never going to, they're probably never going to get up to that full five runway original plan that they had. Yeah. So let's talk about the airports these days. What is your experience going to be like? Let's talk about Narita first, because that's, you have a little extra work if you're landing at Narita. You got to get to Tokyo. Yeah. Um, Narita is a nice airport. It's got great facilities. It's got everything you need in an airport. The really, the only downside at all to it is the location. Yeah. You're going to have to get to Tokyo from Narita. Yeah. Not that that's super difficult because Japan's a pretty convenient place. Yeah. So you have a lot of options. The way that I've always gotten from Narita to Tokyo is by the Narita Express. Which yeah. Is, I think it's the easiest option. Yeah. You got about an hour ride. 
some 3,000 yen, which is approximately $30 US. You can also get a, a ticket that gets you a round trip within a two-week period for 4,000 yen. That's um, a good deal. And that's, I mean, it's a comfy train, you know? Yeah, it's a nice train. It's express. You're not stopping everywhere. It's just straight into Tokyo. Yep. Just under an hour. Yep. You also got uh, the JR Sobu line that takes about an hour and a half. A little cheaper than the Narita Express, though. There's also uh, the Keisei Skyliner. That's your fastest option. You can get there in about 40 minutes to Nippori Station. The Keisei Limited Express. You can take a limousine bus if you want to. Yeah. That's going to be a little longer. It depends a little bit where you're going in Tokyo, too. Yeah, Tokyo's a big place, and depending on where your so hotel all is. all those lines kind of get to Tokyo in a different spot, so. Yeah. Uh, another option is a taxi, but don't do that. That's a bad option. That's going to be really expensive and probably not even as fast as some of these trains. Oh, it's going to, yeah, I don't even know how much. It'd be ridiculously expensive taking a taxi all the yeah. way to Tokyo. So I got a few other fun facts about Narita. So in Terminal 2, they have the Toto Gallery. Toto, I'm not referring to the, the little dog in the Wizard of Oz. I'm talking about the toilet company. But they have a gallery in Terminal 2 where they're basically little self-contained bathroom pods, you could say. And each one is outfitted with one of the newest models of Toto toilets. And if you listen to our planning episode, we talked a bit about how high-tech... Japanese toilets can be. They got to be the most advanced toilets in the world. Probably. That'd be a cool place to visit. If you own a house, I would seriously consider getting a Japanese toilet. Totally. You spend enough time on it, look into it. Yeah. Even if you don't want to buy like the whole standalone toilet, you can get a little washlet attachment that kind of fits on top of your existing toilet. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. my point is, <laughs> visit the Toto Gallery. Get in some uh, luxury bathroom time. You won't regret it. Uh, on the third floor at Narita, you have something called the Kabuki Gate. Now, Kabuki, you may have heard of. It's a, a type of Japanese theater. And at uh, Kabuki Gate, third floor, first terminal, they have kind of like a mini museum about Kabuki. They have all these costumes, got a little shop. They have an app where you can like get a picture of yourself and see what you would look like with Kabuki makeup on. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. There's also a pet hotel if, I don't know, you need to leave your, your dog for a little while while you explore or something. Pet in Royal Hotel. Sounds like a nice place. That's cool. Yep. Also, Gachapon. What are Gachapon, Paul? They are vending machines that dispense various prizes. Yeah. If you're from the U.S., you might be familiar with these little machines maybe at like the grocery store or something, you stick in a couple quarters, you get a little a little capsule with some cool little toy in there or something, right? Yeah. Japan has those, except they're way cooler, if I may say so. Yeah, there's so many different things you can get out of those things. Yeah, they come up with all these different like series of different types of gachapon. They're little figurines of whatever, just weird stuff. Like I have one with... Uh, a little rabbit on like a dessert thing. I don't know. Yeah, They're hard got, to describe. There's all sorts of weird stuff. A few years ago, it got popular like animals inside food dishes. Yeah. I saw one. They're like these banana parrots. Like it's a banana, but it has parrot legs. 
and then the top of the banana is peeled, but instead of the inside being a banana, it's a parrot. That sounds amazing. It is amazing, and you should check them out because on the first basement floor of Terminal 2, there are like around 100 gotchapone machines. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a nice collection. Yeah, something to check out. Um, Now, let's say you're going to Narita and you have like a flight the next day to get to maybe another part of Japan. Maybe you're going to one of those other cities I mentioned at the beginning. And you don't want to leave the hotel or leave the airport and get to another hotel and then have to find your way back to the airport in the morning. Well, they got you covered. There's a capsule hotel at Narita called Nine Hours. I'm pretty sure you can stay longer Actually, maybe it's called that because you can only stay nine hours. <laughs> I'm sure if you paid the right price, you could stay a little longer. Yeah. But a capsule hotel, you got a little hole in the wall, basically, that you slide into. And it's got yeah. all your amenities in there, maybe a little TV. And if that's the case and you've got a little time to kill, located just south of Narita is the Museum of Aeronautical Science. So if you're into flying or planes... There's a cool little place you can check out. Nice. Uh, Narita also is home to 88 restaurants, bars, and cafes. So, you know, if you do have, let's say, a long layover, or maybe you're staying overnight at the Capsule Hotel I just mentioned, plenty of stuff to keep you busy. Yeah, good shopping, good restaurants. It's a nice airport. Yep. Let's talk about Haneda, because you have flown into both Narita and Haneda, right? I've flown into Narita twice, and I flew out of Haneda once. Okay. Um, Haneda, the most interesting fact I found about that is there's three terminals. Uh, and terminal number one is nicknamed Big Bird. I did not know that. I just thought that was awesome. The is, other two terminals do not have cool nicknames. Huh. Is there just any Big Bird. Is it related to Sesame it's the Street? Biggest, it's the biggest terminal. Do they realize that that's a character on Sesame Street? I have Street? no idea. Okay. I have no idea. Well, that's cool. And Terminal 3 is the international airport at Haneda. And right. it actually looks really cool. It's got like a slanted, like Japanese style roof. Hmm. Um, I don't really know how to explain it. But if you're there, kind of walk outside and take a peek. Like it looks cooler than most airports do. Cool. I'll have to do that because I don't really remember looking at the outside of the airport. You can find some pictures online. I'm sure. Uh, So I have a few fun facts about Haneda. On the fourth floor, there's a place called Edo Alley. Now, Edo was the name for Tokyo before it was Tokyo. Yes. And uh, a lot of times you'll see Edo in reference to that time period, like, you know, traditional Japan. You got your old cool wooden architecture and that kind of thing. So in Edo Alley, you got a bunch of like traditional Japanese restaurants and shops. That'd be fun. Yeah, it's really cool. It like looks like the front of the shops look like old wooden buildings yeah. with like the roofs on them and everything. And it's the shops are close together. You really feel like you're walking down like an old Japanese city street or something. Yeah, Have it's, you- it's pretty cool. Have you walked down there, or did you just read about it? Well, I've seen it. All of Terminal 3 now is kind of like that, at least when I flew back. Like, second floor, as soon as I got up, it was all like that style. The whole thing looked really cool. Huh. I guess I I wasn't paying very close attention. I don't know. Another, this this is kind of fun. 
Apparently, there's this little mini robot tour guide that you can rent at Haneda called Robohon. So he's like this little robot, maybe, I don't know, about a foot tall. He's a tour guide. He has like a phone and a camera. You can use him to do email and stuff. Crazy. That's cool. Yeah. He's about uh, 1,500 yen for 24 hours, apparently. You can rent him. 24 hours? Huh? Yeah. You go have some fun. Yeah, he can give you a nice little tour of the airport. Haneda also has a capsule hotel like Narita, but this one's pretty fancy. Like, I looked at the pictures. It's not like little holes in the wall. It's more like a cubicle, like, you know, size of an yeah, office a little, cubicle. Little sleeping cubicle. And it's got a ceiling and everything, but there's just like a... It's kind of like a heavy sheet yeah, that you just throw across the Yeah, like a big doorway. screen that you pull across the front. But like once you're in there, it looks just like a compact hotel room. You got a bed, you got a little nightstand, you got, you know, some floor space. And that's all luggage. you really need when you're crashing at an airport. Right, exactly. Uh, Terminal 1 at Haneda also has an aviation shrine that's been there since 1931 where people can pray for safe passage on their flight. Oh, that's cool. So if you're a little nervous about flying... Go pray at the shrine. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what your experience is going to be like flying into Japan. Let's start on the on the airplane, actually, because as we mentioned on our planning episode, you're going to be getting a visa, going through customs, and that starts on the plane. Like you're going to get a little form for customs where you're going to have to list out like, this is how long I'm staying. This is the hotel that I'm staying at. At least the first yep. night. You just need to put one hotel. Yep. You're going to need to claim. They might ask, like, how much cash you're bringing with yep. you. Are you bringing any drugs with you? They have some. Their their drug laws can be pretty severe, and they're different than ours. Mm-hmm. So be careful with prescriptions or even over-the-counter drugs. You should check on that stuff and be careful what you're bringing. Yeah, you want to check for sure, especially if, you're, if your life depends on some <laughs> prescription that you're carrying with you. You know, make sure that, you're, that you have the necessary stuff in place to bring that into Japan. Yeah. Um, this, the customs form is it's pretty standard. Yeah. I mean, you declare what you're out. bringing in, who you are, where you're staying. Yeah. Um, once you land, you're going to have to go through customs. It's not hard to find. Everybody on your plane is going to be going there too, whether they're Japan uh, citizens or not. Like right, you're going to be funneled straight into customs. It's not going to be hard yeah. to find. And there will be a sign that says, you know, foreigners go this way, Japan residents go this way. Yep. And, I mean, it's easy. If you've ever been through customs, you just walk up to you're a guy, get you hand him your passport. Yeah, they want to keep track of you. <laughs> um, so basically, they'll just look at your passport. They're going to put your visa in there. Yeah, I never had any trouble. They might ask you if you're a uh, vacation or business. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you get through to an area where they're going to, you're going to have to get your luggage passed through this. Um, check your luggage. Your carry-on. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah before check. you grab your luggage from the carousel, if you checked a bag. Yeah, you have to, whatever you brought with you on the airplane, you've got to bring like back through security. Yeah. And then you're going to want to find a way out of the airport. (laughs) There are going to be signs. There will be plenty of English. It won't be hard. Yeah. It's easy to find, you know, the express trains this way, the buses that way. It's it's laid out really well. You shouldn't have much of an issue. And And if if you do, there's employees around that you can ask for help as well. Yeah. 
And there's a there's a JR office at both airports if you need to activate your JR pass or something. You can do that immediately because that covers the Narita Express. That covers uh, at least some of the trains going out of yeah. Canada. There's probably going to be a line at the JR office, a bunch of foreigners picking up their passes. Yep. Um, you can pick up your pocket Wi-Fi, and then you can hop on the train and head where you need to go. Yeah. And when you're leaving Japan, it's kind of the reverse of that. <laughs> yeah. Haneda, I assume, is the same way coming in. Um, we should probably talk about transport. Haneda's got a monorail that runs to it that goes to Hamamatsucho. Hamamatsucho Station, which is near Tokyo Station. You can get to Tokyo Station pretty easily from yep. there. Yep. I mean, you can get you can anywhere, get anywhere from yeah. Haneda. Not, not hard. Yeah, there's, there's other options as well. Yeah. Um, so Haneda's... That's the biggest advantage, Haneda versus Narita. It's just mm-hmm. easier to get into the city. Yep. Well, Paul, you got anything else about airports? I think that covers the airports pretty well. Cool. Sounds like that's the end of this episode then. Uh, if you want to find us on the web, check us out at sightseeingjapanpodcast.com. Got some cool pictures and extra info over there. And Paul, what is going on next week? So now you're at the airport, you've arrived in Japan, so you need a place to stay. Yep, that would be good. You don't want to be sleeping on a park bench or anything. No, that would uh, maybe ruin your vacation. So on the next episode, we're going to be talking about hotels in Japan. Yeah, that's a pretty big topic. We cover uh, all, all your different options. You got, you got capsule hotels, you got manga cafes if you really want to stay there. Or maybe that's <laughs> spoiling too much. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, so uh, look forward to that, and we'll see you next time.